Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 380 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by my mutant co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That is correct. That's factually correct, Kurt. Um, And this episode is, I mean, what else could it be? I don't think it could be anything else. It's the throw pillow full of kale edition of the cast. Um, Not inspired in any way by true events going on in my life. No, no, sir. I don't have uh, a pound, about approximately a pound of lightly cut kale. Is that a pound? Not shredded. What, what is that? What is that ounce? I, I feel like to get a lot of, to get a pound of kale, you got to have a... Kale's a very voluminous vegetable. I'm thinking like eight it's ounces. It's not very dense. It is... Uh, I want it so... Five times eight, so about well, eight ounces, five hundred grams of kale. Well, what does it say in the front? Bag. Shouldn't it have or shouldn't ten it say cups? on the uh, front, like the ounceage? How many, how many liters? Yes, yes, it is. It is in fact a oh, pound. Oh shit! Uh, yep, one sixteen ounces of kale. Dude, my child's gonna um, be like eight of those. Convenient for juicing and smoothies. Don't not not for eating. Um, thoroughly washed and ready you to enjoy. Eat the kale. It's fresh right out of the bag. Vitamin C and K. I've never. I feel like I'd never heard of a food that advertises on the bag vitamin K. Um, carrots are high in vitamin K. Oh, oh, well then I'll just do the carrot. Um, by the way, ingredients: kale. <laughs> it listed on the on the packaging. Well, you know, that's one of those things, right? Like, you have to, by law, have an ingredients list on your well, food. it sometimes comes in handy because when you um, pick up a bag of shredded cheese, got to make sure you keep an eye out for that anti-caking agent because it doesn't, that prevents mm-hmm. the cheese from melting cohesively together. There's your little binging with Babish over here. Word of the day. I just binging with I just buy block bin. cheese yes. and shred it myself. I need to make sure my cheese has both pecorino and romano. <laughs> Parmigiano Reggiano. Is the, was is there like an actual just a Jack cheese? Not even like Colby a Jack. Jack. Yeah, not a cheddar. Well, Colby Jack is the uh, the cheese that all these other Jacks are based off of, I believe. All them fake Jacks. He's got them fake Jays. I'm and by which I mean. Fake Jacks. Who is who is Colby Jack? So I have something to. I, I, got know, something I think to he's confess. like the Marlboro Man. We were um, we were, were prepping a lot of food this weekend for for the baby, and I cooked myself a lasagna. And I said I need Parmesan cheese. So I bought a a block of Parmigiano Reggiano, and I'm like, oh, this looks nice. I went to Wegmans, which I don't get to do very often, and it was sixteen dollars. That was that was probably Ooh, wait, the what? most expensive Parmesan cheese I've ever bought. But tonight I made a carbonara like like my nana would make. No, just like a fucking straight Italian person would make. With a little pancetta and boy oh boy, that shit slapped. 
would a gay yeah, Italian like, person a gay cook carbonara? it differently? Was that? <laughs> is that the one? Is that the one that uses the? Cre- the- oh. You said like a straight Italian person would make. We're we're wondering uh, what exactly a gay uh, person would do differently. Italy. Sorry, straight off the boat. Um, not these dirty Italian American guidos that we got over here. They put well. They we've bastardized carbonara. Yeah, like we Joey have, Vito. My people, I I do have to say, my people, my authentic people have not, but my people, my Italian American people have, um, bastardized carbonara. You go to Olive Garden. Look at the ingredient list on carbonara. They put in tomatoes. They put in mushrooms. They put in cream in their carbonara. Are you fucking kidding me? You want to die, Olive Garden? You want to get shot six ways to Rome? Because I definitely, when I go to the Olive Garden, my expectation is authentic Italian cooking. Honestly, a lot of Italian-American restaurants, like, just fuck their carbonara up. And they're just, like, throwing, Hey, whatever we gotta put in here, we gotta put in here in carbonara. It's got egg and parm in it. It's a carbonara. No matter if we throw tomatoes and mushrooms and bacon and fucking the kitchen sink in here over here. I made a carbonara tonight with fucking like three ingredients. Egg. Parmesan cheese. (laughs) Fucking pasta water. (laughs) Including the pasta and pepper? Five <laughs> ingredients for carbonara. That's all you need. Don't, don't overcook it. Don't overthink it. scramble. <laughs> you don't want scrambled eggs. It's going to get curdly. No curds. No curds in my house. Not one. Not one since the last time I made it. Actually, I think the last time I made it, I <laughs> fucked up real bad and used salt pork. Ga, ga, gyat. As the kids say, gyat. That was the saltiest thing I've ever put in my mouth. I was going to say, you need a fucking Swiss banker to, to read your blood. Holy uh, shit, pressure. I've never wasted so much food in my life. We threw it all out. I felt so bad. It was inedible. And then I looked up online. How do you even get your hands it, on salt? Pork? It's a cheap. Like, do, did you go down to like the wharf and buy a barrel of <laughs> yeah. it from the local fur yeah, no, trader? Actually, little boy. <laughs> you traded him six Billy beaver belts. Had some wrapped up in a pork. newspaper, and he, he said, "You want to <laughs> trade me any flour? <laughs> it's my birthday next week. My ma wants to make me a cake." <laughs> We had some extra salt pork left over from last year. (laughs) The winter was kind to us. We had our traps were feeding us good meat. (laughs) The beaver supply was. But like, but seriously, but like actually now. I gotta ask where where man gets the grocery store. Was that that on? It was in the grocery store next to the cheap meats. It was like right next to the bacon. I said, "Can I carbonara this?" And I thought you said cheap beets. I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's still not that's not placed any time after 1850." <laughs> no, I got my salt pork next to the canned beets at the for at whatever the local reason, market. You can get salt. I wonder what company makes it. It's, it's just I think it was just natural like Hormel. Yeah, Hormel makes like salt pork. 
They say throw it in stews <laughs> and then don't touch it ever with salt because this is all the salt you need. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, every Hormel product is laden with salt. You ever looked um, at the sodium in your corned beef and hash? So it's like <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. I So for those of you at home who I if you're if you're ready to go out on the frontier um salt port you just you soak it give it give it a good soak for like uh two hours three hours maybe more uh that'll get the salt out so, of there and then you can then you i can use a packet it. i use a packet because i want a lot of pork and uh <laughs> uh there's six no six servings i'm gonna read you one serving is 1,940 milligrams of sodium. And there's six servings in there. Yeah, there's, there was like just under six. <laughs> there's no 10,000. Yeah, I'm reading this. There's like fucking six grams of salt in here. Of sodium metal, sorry. So that means 12 grams of salt. <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. It was a wild ride. Um, we had like two forkfuls and threw it out. <laughs> It wasted the entire thing. I felt so wasteful, but um, yeah, the more you know. Um, anyways, we're coming at you. We're coming at you live from the delivery room where my wife is going to give birth later on air live in front of a live studio audience. The child how many of those things how how I'm much in that it. sentence was true you all have exactly. to 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 guess and uh that's right the winner gets a prize uh, prize to be determined it, possibly it child. child support possibly, payments uh, you know, for a, joey Vito. umbilical cord or yeah you know, maybe something more we're we're saving off the placenta <laughs> We discussed the mucus plug last week. Now we'll discuss what makes up the water that breaks. Because I'll give you a hint. It's not water. <laughs> no, the, ba- the baby's just going to... It's going to get delivered right into a bucket of epoxy. <laughs> just preserved that's, forever, like the hot dog. That's an awful image to think about. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What are we, the La Brea Tar Pits? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a beautiful excavation. <laughs> it's a perfectly preserved baby. baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm assuming that... <laughs> Modern day, we're not we're not putting them in the in the formaldehyde pickle jars think, anymore. Was that the um? You know our you know how our society is apparel. like. You know, <laughs> put them in salt pork now. Salt, salted baby. You know how now our society is like obsessed with like covering everything in resin, me included. Yes. That was the La Brea tar pits back then. <laughs> Just cavemen and be like. Uh, I covered this uh, dinosaur. Etsy shop. Tar, tar pit table for sale. <laughs> it looks cool. You get that dino back that you killed. You get that back. Fixed. It's fancy. Oh, That's God. Solid. 
All right, let's talk about some trailers, even though. I don't know why we bother. The show peaked. I mean, we should just just call it a night, in all honesty. Night is still young. She can still give birth. But, <laughs> that's true. We're, we're playing... We're playing with fire again this week. Actually, much more fire because yeah. the baby's due due yeah. tomorrow. Due tomorrow, correct? Yeah. And so then next week, there's a there's a high chance. <laughs> next week will be the night before his eviction notice. <laughs> That's in the doctors physically kicked him out without without a lawyer. <laughs> no lawyer to defend. Comes up with. The fucking the fucking paper <laughs> stapler. The on lease. The belly. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever read the lease for a womb, but it is ridiculous. They can too. evict you. Can't you walk around that bad boy. For no no yeah. loopholes whatsoever. <laughs> you better you better patch those holes because we will take his security deposit. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked that I got any of my security deposit back because I had rabbits in that apartment. I that was, <laughs> did not allow pets. Yeah, that was that was a an evacuation. I have I have fire. a conspiracy that like security deposits are a fucking myth, and they just never give them back. They'll find something to squeeze every cent out of you and be like, ah, you know, we had to we had to change out your flumbus, and um, those are like on back order because of the. <laughs> The, the the predicament over between the countries and uh, it's tough to get them nowadays. So can we can we make that the name now? Like the Ukrainian predicament, <laughs> the Israeli, <laughs> you know, the whole predicament going on, the Israeli Palestine predicament. It's a little bit more chipper. The first great predicament that yeah, the world ever found if, if itself Bernie in. If Bernie was in office, if Bernie got in office, that's what he would do. We're done with wars. We're going to call them predicaments. I think, I think it's a little, I think we can all agree. It's a little bit cleaner. <laughs> a little, a little, little dickle. A little, little predicle. Um, world predicament three. Anybody? So, yeah. Speaking of small humans with, uh, with uh, unique proportions... Uh, she came to oh, me. You, oh, you went first trailer, starting Peter Dinklage, who uh, was was a baby at one point. That was the most famous role. Let's be yeah, yeah. He a had dwarf baby. too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, yeah, this movie looks uh, looks pretty interesting. You got a lot of a lot of big actors uh, sinking their teeth into it. Um, Peter Dinklage is a playwright. Yep. Uh, I believe he's married to Anne Hathaway, but is having an affair, or Marissa Tomei's character believes them no, to I be think, having an affair. I think they full yes. on fuck with like. Yeah, they kind of right. Like yeah, like he's in but the like, denial. So he's 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 a romantic opera guy. So he's like taking this all into like the. The weird, like very. This is all very artistically mm-hmm. significant, um, as he's trying to find inspiration for his opera, um, and he he finds it in the guilt after uh, copulating with Marissa Tomei. Right, and, he, and he's that's the point of the, the title is you know I didn't I didn't cheat on you. She came to me. Um, it looks like a good like unique premise for a rom com. And it's starring like classy actors. 
This is this is um, some of them, yeah. Although there is that guy who I only recognize. I don't know. I've never seen him in anything except for the Action Park documentary. <laughs> Just as himself, as someone who went to Action Park as a kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I would not consider him to be the most classy actor. You know what? This is his way up. This is his step up into the the higher art world. But man, it looks is looking good, is looking visually good. A lot of nice set design. Um, yeah. A lot of nice the, co- the good cinematography. Good. I like the the even the little bit of the characters we get, like Anne Hathaway's uh, character is like a psychologist who's like a weird neat freak. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I'm I'm about it. I please more of these. Give us. Yeah, from the Edition. trailer, I I hope they didn't like show all the best like bits of their performances because it was a uh, it's a uh, some Oscar bait for sure. I don't know if the premise is gonna. Yeah. Usually, there's you have to have like a big emotional climax to it. I don't necessarily know if this is gonna hit that, but it seems. I think it, there's definitely I, a lot I of think potential. So. For well, a big but it seems more comedy. They're, they're like going towards the, the comedy aspect, that less than the like it's a dramatic comedy. Well, yeah, but there's there's always the dramatic part, and even in like a straight comedy, you know, they, they the emotional low. Because there was a lot of funny in this, um, which isn't a bad thing, but you you don't you don't. Yes. Well, yeah, it's, it's it this it purports itself as a romantic comedy, so. Um, but it's it's like dry humor, a little yeah. more dry humor, which I'm, I'm about this that. isn't like they didn't yeah they didn't start it out with like the weird loud um, bombastic rom com mm-hmm. music that you'll see in a, a more um, such a low class production yeah just a real, yeah. real hussy speaking affair. of hussy affair and low class production a million miles away. <laughs> That's a million miles away. From I don't know. I I did not. Um, I I mean, Kristen was like, "Oh, if this is yeah, it's based on a true story. Um, this might be a good movie." And I'm like, "Man, it's like, well, I feel like I've seen this movie ten times." Yeah, I see what they're going for here. Um, yep. Yeah, to your point, I feel like we we just saw. This is yeah, several this movies is like this, hot, but with astronauts. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna go there, but I was kind of thinking that. Um, like we got mm-hmm. the. Yeah, I, I, it it could be good, but I feel like it's maybe lacking a little bit in in the substance of the movie. Yeah, so it seems like it's about um, a migrant. Um, child who has mm-hmm. the dream of wanting to be an astronaut and he figures it out at a young age like what he needs to do to get there and he gets pretty close throughout his entire career teaches is an, is an engineer all that jazz learns how to fly and um it keeps on getting rejected you know and i'm sure they're gonna be they weren't heavy-handed in the uh trailer about this but 
they might be heavy-handed in the movie about like the whole like race thing. Oh, they're not going to pick you because you're Hispanic. Um, but then later, which would be, yeah, they that might be if they did that, that would be a weird turn. I think because like I feel NASA, um, they'd want like diversity. Yeah, NASA's usually. Well, they show they show the space shuttle in this too, right? So that dates it in an, a, a range of years where, you know, we'd probably be past that sort of discrimination yeah. in an organization like NASA. Let's, you know what? I'm just gonna spoil the movie. It's it's based on a true story, so I can well, just spoil the entire story. But 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 then again, I I guess. The same could be said about hidden figures, right? Like I've seen interviews with the actual women who were who that movie's based off of, and they were like, you know, we weren't treated as poorly as depicted in the movie by our white coworkers. You know, they were mostly respectful to us, but you know that doesn't sell the movie, so you have to crank up, that ratchet drama. that up. Um. All right, STS. So he was, yeah. Uh, spoilers. He did get into space. Sorry, everyone. I I totally <laughs> I Wait, ruined does, it for you. He does ya. get into space. Um, yeah. Yeah, he does. And they so like in the trailer. Um, when was it? Yeah. Oh it, well, you know, it could have been. They could have pulled the ultimate curveball and have this be about the challenge. He, yeah. He'd be one of the crew members Yo, of the challenger. That'd be <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> he finally gets to go up, and then it just blows up. Oh, dude. That'd yeah. be rad. Nobody has the balls. No balls. <laughs> Call on him right now. Yeah, no one would ever make that movie, but but you can't deny that that sounds like pretty awesome. It's a good inspirational movie right up you, until yeah, the last you gotta, 10 minutes. <laughs> And then you roll. No, you have to roll the credits after the thing blows up. No, they come. You have down. to have the balls oh, to end it on. No, what that. happens is they do the mission and they're coming down, and you just cut to the footage. Oh, <laughs> that's the that's that, the end or, of the movie. I got. Can I? I got one. Um. Okay. Do, do yep. whole story about astronauts, all that jazz. You kind of like maybe change up the names or whatever, um, so people don't like see it coming too early because I feel like. If there's too many names, you might be like, oh, they died in the Challenger. But maybe, maybe not. That was a well, long time ago. People don't care. Yeah. Um, sorry. Sorry, Challenger crew. <laughs> um, and then end of the movie comes around. They're like getting ready to blast off. And you see the ship. And then you just scroll up. And it reveals the name Challenger on the side of the ship. And then you cut to credits. And then during the credits, you intersplice footage of the... Uh, <coughs> The mid-credit scene is the footage yeah, of the Challenger the explosion. It is like <laughs> it blowing up, or the the aftermath news, news <laughs> footage of it. All that jazz. Yeah. Um, no balls, Hollywood. Come okay, on. So, um, no balls. Um, mm-hmm. This this mission though, it was like a two-week mission in two thousand nine, um, which was I think it was the end of the <clears throat> using the. Oh yeah. So this was not only was this not during the eighties and nineties, it was in we had a black oh, president. This is the two thousand? Yeah. It looks like it's <laughs> in the nineties. No. Two thousand nine. I'm sure that a lot of the lead up is in the nineties because, you know, he has yeah, to grow yeah, up right. and 
But like, I don't know. It work just seems like this. him sitting at his desk filling out the paperwork looks like it's old. <laughs> I guess his pen looks futuristic. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll bring in this element, which I think will be interesting. This was the last uh, space shuttle that they used to, like, rotate the crew. So future space shuttle missions didn't have, like, you weren't weren't transferring on and then someone else was going home, Um, which is interesting. That's, like, I think that would be an nice little piece of drama it's the last it's the last shuttle transfer mission something or other i don't know very cool spoiled the movie for you mission accomplished moving on well i mean they do yeah, a good the job trailer, with that they show with the trailer him going into space <laughs> oh oh he, he did it okay right. good good job jose hernandez great next trailer um, going up. Now we're coming down with Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, yeah. Um, this looks neat. Yeah, it's it's like a um French murder thriller mystery. Or yeah, is it from... French or is it like Quebecois? Um, probably French because I think this is the one of the actresses is Swedish. Oh, well, synopsis says. A German writer who lives with her husband, Samuel, their visually impaired son, Daniel, in a remote mountain chalet in the French Alps. When Samuel falls to his death in a mysterious circumstance, the investigation cannot determine whether it's suicide or foul prey. Sandra is ultimately arrested for murder, and the trial puts her their tumultuous relationship and her ambiguous personality under the microscope as her young son takes to the stand. Doubt creeping. Uh, I guess they can't ask him, what did you see? Yeah. Although, they do ask him in the trailer, what did you see? He's not much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this, um, like, it looks really good. This is a classic kind of idea. Well, it's not entirely a bottle movie, uh, because we see at the end, towards the end, like, she has to go on trial. Um, But for a lot of this, it's it looks to the feature of this movie, the real selling point looks to be like the the interrogation or the questioning between her and the investigator. Yeah. Where they start to yeah. work through the the mystery and they're uncovering all these um uh secrets about her, which this like this is another one of those uh movies that feels like it was a, a play. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I don't know. It doesn't say that this is based on any kind of theatrical... Yeah, I was wondering if it was based on a true story or not. Because um, I was wondering if this was ever going to get like... Um, I don't know, a... Um, uh, like a spiritual or horror aspect to it where in the end it's like a, 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 ghost, a ghost did it did or it. something. Or there's a a twist. I'm wondering what the twist could be. Uh, like it... Like, Okay, you're in a mountain. Is it the kid or is it the mom who did it? Maybe maybe the twist is the little boy did it. Because he's like, I, you know, I just tripped. Bumped into him. He fell. Mm. That's that it. was it. Very, <laughs> very boring twist. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie is um, not, as far as I can tell, based on a play. Um, Interesting. 
it is, however, all right, okay, never mind. So it's it's debuted at Cannes. Um, it pulled it out of a can. It, Neon purchased the North American distribution rights in uh, May of this year. Uh, it's set for a limited theatrical run. In October, it will release in France um, theatrically on the 23rd of August. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, the the trailer does a good job of keeping things like still a mystery. It doesn't tell everything all at once. Yeah, it, um, there's definitely a lot of a lot you don't know from watching the trailer, which is good. Um, another trailer you don't know a lot about the movie from watching it, but maybe not in such a good way is yes. my animal. Um, uh, is she a werewolf then? I think. I, it's gay, yeah, I'm pretty so, sure it's gay all right. werewolves. We got, we got gay werewolves. Gw- yeah. Werewolves. Yeah, glare wolves because they they stare at each other and their eyes glow. That's about the extent of their LGBTQW. The extent of their werewolfiness. Because <laughs> um, we don't get a whole lot of, like, like no visual effects of like them transforming or anything or showing anything more than like sharp canines. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they're very elusive werewolves, you know? Is that the best werewolf? No. Is the L yeah. The, the L is for lesbians, but it's also for like. Yeah. More importantly, it's lesbians <laughs> and not that, not like, dude, gay werewolves, which would make this a much mm-hmm. better film. Twilight fans think Brokeback right Mountain, but this. with werewolves and girls. <laughs> you know, like you do. Um. That's, I'm pretty sure that's like 20 yeah. fictions on yeah. five of our own. So, like, it's a somewhat novel sure. concept, right? Mm-hmm. But past the concept phase, I don't feel that there's any meat yeah. to this movie. Yeah, I, I didn't, you know, yeah, maybe. Fair. The trailer is just a lot of Kissing. clips of them, like. Mm-hmm. Laughing and kissing and talking and and talking and entertaining dialogue. They're just like, it's just the sitting in a room talking, cutting their hair, doing donuts in in the parking lot. Like, there's not a whole lot of context for what this movie's about other than, oh, look, they're lesbians and maybe werewolves. Because you, I mean, we're, you're not. You don't know for certain that they're werewolves. That's the the assumption that is made. But like, who fucking knows? They could just be other kin. They're gonna play into the trope that we've seen in a lot of movies, where the the theme is, um, you know, don't show your true self because society will reject you based on that and they're going to use like the overarching theme of like I'm a werewolf I can't show people that I'm a werewolf because they're going to like kill me as like an allegory for being a lesbian because the other girl's like I'm a lesbian but I'm also like a black lesbian so 
People hate me for that too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hide these deep emotions because we see her. We see the love interest with a guy at first. Um, so maybe she's she, she's bi and mm-hmm. she's hiding those truer feelings of like being a lesbian by like fitting in. So, so you're saying this is the most unique movie ever because we've never had a movie about being true to yourself. And embracing or, your identity, even if it's different from the main culture. Yeah. Not through the context of being a lesbian werewolf. Yeah, or, or it's an underrepresented or group pulled, of people. I pulled a shoulder reaching for that, and this movie does none of that, or does a really poor job of it, and it, it just it's just not a good movie. And that's why it's just I mean, honestly, from the trailer, this looks like softcore lesbian porn. With with a Finn yeah, movie I mean, around it, it, and in that case, you know, not the right site, but better luck next time. <laughs> Post yeah. it on. If you, if that sounds interesting to you, then my animal. You know, Go you on. know, you say yeah. that, but I think to a lot of people, this has been a fanfic for a while, so they're gonna. Hey, I I, I don't judge. Okay, you... and they're gonna say it's the movie. In the in the privacy of your own home, you may do any of that. Uh, trying to see what the comments um, are like. It's, it's mostly common. just about yeah. What's going on? And we're back after the disc monster ate Peter. It's true. I uh, it, 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 it ruined everything. Um, I I explained how to fix the American economy in the lost footage. We'll never get that back. Just have to live with what we got now. Sorry, world. Sorry, America. I failed you. Um, and I fa- I failed to bring us to our next trailer. For the maestro. Yeah. The maestro. Leonard Bernstein biopic. Keep the, the biopic. Bradley coming. Cooper is directing this. Yeah, um, this is, uh, and it looks like he's doing a fine job of that. Yeah. It's, the background to this is interesting because um, I think I was saying earlier off off air, um, some there's some little history to this because uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, notable Jew, and Bradley Cooper, notable not Jew, um, both wanted to make a Leonard Bernstein, uh, like, biopic movie. They're both, I don't know, influential people to them, and they're just, I don't know, had a fascination towards it. I don't know. Anyways, Bradley won, and he mm. got the power to make this movie. Uh, to, they both wrote screenplays, I guess. And um, it's Bradley. Um, now, the trailer looks fine. Looks good. Looks like your biopic doesn't give away too much. Um, kind of shows you the beats along I the way. I think that's kind of underselling it. I think this is like wonderfully composed. Like all the shots mm-hmm. look, you know, super crisp. Real. They're done like era appropriate film equipment. Um, if you, you care know, about really that. sells the passage of time. Well, um, it looks like the performances are going to be for the two leads are going to be 
powerhouse. Yeah, the style of it is interesting because it starts off in the trailer in black and white, and there are interspliced bits of color. I'm imagining the passage mm-hmm. of time as it gets into the future more. And then they also, towards the end, they age him up, and they do a really good job of aging him up without using any, like... Her, too. Like, yeah, I, yeah, they didn't, they didn't show her till like, the very end. I feel like this... this I mean, yeah. I, I almost can't believe this is going to be a Netflix movie. <laughs> like, that almost doesn't register in my head. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this, at, at the very least, gets, like, a, an Oscar for, like, best... Like uh, best makeup and makeup, yeah. I think yeah, best makeup is yeah. definitely gonna be for sure. Um, um, now you might hear it on Twitter, hear about this movie Maestro on Twitter, or see why Bradley Cooper is trending because everybody's all up in arms over his nose. The controversy of the week. Uh, Leonard Bernstein is Jewish or was Jewish. He's dead now. Um, <laughs> and uh, Bradley Cooper. And he's not in hell because Jews don't believe in hell. Exactly. <laughs> So he's somewhere in the ether, um, or whatever them them people believe in. Uh, <laughs> so there, the reason why I brought up the whole Jewish thing. He's, he's um, on Twitter. He's, that's that's about equivalent. They, yeah, he's on Twitter. He still exists as a uh, uh, a spam bot on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, please. This is why I'm not going to be on Twitter because if I die, my soul might stay trending on there for all eternity. <laughs> Imagine, very imagine possible. your legacy being controlled by Brunkle Musk. You joke about that, but that is a good idea for a um, a movie. You know, we we've had like the social media horror movies. I'm waiting for like social media to actually kill you and trap your soul in the Twitter sphere, just being mm-hmm. repeatedly played um, uh, OJ That's... Simpson clips. Hello, Twitter <laughs> world. <laughs> that would be I mean that is actually like a solid premise. I would I would be I would watch a 30 minute uh streaming special as part of an anthology yeah. on that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um but the whole whole dumb controversy is um Bradley Cooper's wearing a nose pro- nose prosthetic to make himself look like more Leonard like Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein. More like the person he's portraying in the film. And not I, more Jewish. <laughs> I I know, I know, but it is a it is a thin line to walk <laughs> when when portraying that, especially because I I guess the the argument to say to play devil's advocate, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think it's a silly, stupid argument. People do it all the time, wear makeup to make themselves look different way. They've changed their hair. They do anything. The only problem is the Nazis have to ruin so many things. They, they took that damn swastika. They made it a symbol of hate. It was a symbol of peace. Now they took that thing away from us. And then they took lightning bolts away from us. And then they took the, the panzer checks away from us. And we're like, those are good pieces. I think, of- I think those were theirs to begin with. They Jay. took the BMW away from us. And we can't See, have we BMWs took- anymore because Volkswagens, they took that away from us because say, now we, they're Hitlers. We at least took the Shrek part of the panzer Shrek back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's DreamWorks' um, greatest accomplishment. But yes. one of the one of the pieces of propaganda was the old, you know, the greedy Jew rubbing his hands together, asking for schmeckles with like the long fucking nose. That was the piece of propaganda that they use as a symbol of hate, and that's like 
the 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 stereotypical thing that everybody thinks of um, when it comes to like what is a um, hate image of a Jewish person, mm-hmm. and people are inflamed, you know, inflaming the Bradley Cooper nose into that. I do not think that they were saying, I, "Oh, let's put a big Jewish nose on Bradley Cooper to, to really stick it to the Jews." <laughs> I don't think that's what their intention was. It's the unicorn <laughs> horn of cultural appropriation. For Abraham's sake, they got the uh, the the like the 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 wishes of the family of Leonard Bernstein to be like, yeah, we're cool with Bradley Cooper making this movie. And I have like, to assume that they did saw you say for nose. Abraham's sake? Yeah, because they don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I, for Christ's sake. Okay. What am I gonna say? Wasn't there Christ, dude okay, uh, yeah. Abraham right? Moses? Moses uh, would, Moses would Moses. also work. Well, Moses was the first guy. I thought Abraham was like Moses, the, no. the Jesus equivalent. No, I think Abraham came before. I think Moses is more of the Jewish Jesus than Abraham. Yeah, let's Google it. Yeah, because uh, Mo- Moses which, is a good guy. Is a which good. Which Abrahamic a good boy. religion could take Jesus in a fight? Um, while he's doing that, I've well, I've heard Muhammad had a really nasty left hook. Float <laughs> <laughs> well, like a butterfly, sting like the Messiah. Um, well, Muhammad Ali was a right-hander, so I guess I would have to say <laughs> that's why you never expect it. Um, I'm looking up pictures of Leonard Bernstein because now I'm curious. And uh, if anything, the nose prosthetic that was given to Bradley Cooper was like an artistic uh, glow-up, uh, <laughs> tasteful version. I'm not saying that he had a ugly nose. He just it is more of a nose than even the. Uh, prosthetic would imply he is also <coughs> good lord how handsome yeah like half of these like half of these pictures are like him like black and white shirtless with perfectly quaffed hair like smoking with his ripped abs i'm like you're a comp- you were a composer why, why did you have to go this hard? Sometimes you gotta. So, okay, so it's very possible that I'm just not um, super um, in on my Jewish religion and history, even though it's half of the Christianity. But um, I don't think they do. I don't think they got one. Well, well, yeah, obviously they don't have one. Well, they don't have, like, an equivalent. They don't have, like, an equivalent. Like, well, yeah, it, there's no equivalent, because there isn't an equivalent in any of the religions. The Christians are the only ones that believe that the Son of God has come to Earth. Oh, yeah. Well, you, I, I started really getting said, into, like... We really said, I already got, it already happened. We got them. We got there first. Um, everyone else is still waiting on it. Um, it's a no, it's a future Jewish the... king from the Davidic line. That's who the Messiah is. Yeah, yeah. Moses or David, they're gonna be they're gonna be your big hitters. Your your uh, first off the bench. Regardless, it's yeah. not Leonard Bernstein. It's not Jake Gyllenhaal. Nor Wait, is it Bradley. I Gilles. don't know. Leonard Bernstein might, in fact, be. Is the he, Jewish Messiah. Is he the, he's the guy. 
He might be the one. You know, we never checked on that when he was alive. <laughs> Leonard, no. Oh, we didn't. Only if you we never had him take a poop I mean, and try like, to turn Neo. it into wine. Like, uh, if Leonard Bernstein fought the robots to save humans from the Matrix. I heard today that the real test of this movie is if we ever see Bradley Cooper's dick, we have to judge him based off his circumcision to see if it's it's a... It's a true, authentic Jewish circumcision. Top ten stories of actor transformations you won't believe. (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing. It's not uncommon. In fact, it's very common for uh, men of all religions to Um, be circumcised in the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That is something that is... The the doc says, ah, slap him on the ass and snip the dick. You won't even know. It'll go, boom, easy. It's a little easier to maintain the equipment. I did that it while way. you weren't even looking. Alrighty, um, I think that's it for trailers, actually. Yeah. So let's move now to the. Although, shout follow out. Follow up. I want the version. See, my last joke about this is that Jake Gyllenhaal's would have been Leonard Berenstain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It should be a twin movie. <laughs> So I'm saying, let them both produce their own Leonard Bernstein movie, but one is going to have an E in the name, one's going to have an A in the name. And then you have that famous <laughs> quote from the Godzilla movie: "Let them fight." <laughs> they have a they have a conductor off. They release on the same day during it's Passover. Like, it's like that scene in Eight Mile, except it's modern composition. <laughs> if you had, if you had one chance. To uh, compose a symphony, would you? <laughs> um, I don't know. Would you capture it, or would you just let it slip? Oh. Before we go on to the follow-up, shout-out to Scott Pilgrim uh, gets off the couch, or what, what's the new thing? They're doing a Netflix animated Scott Pilgrim show with all the original cast of the Scott Pilgrim movie. Oh, Coming yeah, back I think to they... Do um, Did they get the trailer of that out? Finally, yeah. Scott Pilgrim takes a walk. Um, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim takes off, like like a bird in flight. Here yeah, the is. anime looks good. Um, I think it's got a good company doing it. I think this is what this is what everyone had wanted since like the first movie. Was like, yeah. oh, just do the do the animation style. But as an anime, like as a as a feature, yeah. I mean it. It is it is one of those movies that works tremendously well as an anime because the movie was a live action. That's like a good third to three quarters of the appeal well, of that uh, comic was the art style. Yeah, it was it was a comic first, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, well, it translated really well into live action, and I think it's going to translate even better into an anime. Perhaps we shall see, just as we shall see how movies we talk about on uh, Trey Watch. That's that's the segment that we just did. Uh, oh, it means fared three watches. The bo- in Spanish box office. Yes. No. No, it doesn't. Um, Let's take a look at the box office winners and losers for weekend 32. Um, in first, yet again, uh, 
bringing in another $33.833 million. It is Barbie. Um, we have a pretty good week-over-week week turn, only down 36.2%, crossing over $1.2 billion globally. It is, uh, it, it's snipping at the heels of the Mario movie. It's, it might just catch it. This was, I think they already said this is like Warner Bros. Um, yeah, one of their biggest uh, releases. I Yeah. Um, it's probably one of their biggest releases ever. And um, I, I would have to say it's probably also one of the more profitable movies because I don't think it costs like $250 million to make the Barbie movie. I don't no, that, th- that was something that... um. I was uh, hearing about uh, a week ago, a couple weeks ago, is somebody's doing a deep doing a deep dive on like Disney and why they're hemorrhaging money in the in the movie department, and a part of it is like doing unnecessary reshoots, um, just like it, like all their budgets for all their movies are stupidly over budget for whatever reason, um, even when you compare it to like animated movies and. Um, and, and the live action movies, like stuff that they should know going into it and having a game plan, they just are coming in and having to drop directors, get new directors, get new writers, do reshoots. Um, all that is expensive as fuck and very timely. Um, and Barbie and Oppenheimer are two movies that had a low budget. Had a you know, I think Barbie's was like one fifty, and Oppenheimer's was like a hundred. I wouldn't call those low budgets, but yeah, not like well, wh- 200, 300 million. You yeah, I, I get what you're saying. To almost every single Disney movie and almost every movie coming out is now a Disney <laughs> property. Um, the, even the animated are like 200 million a pop, 300 mm-hmm. million for the, some of the live action piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, look at Indiana Jones. It, like that was plagued with um, reshoots and, and just focus on like what they wanted to do. And it, yeah, I, I feel like Disney has fallen he, prey to having to live up to their own spectacle in like the behind the scenes stuff. So every Disney production is like, uh, like a capital P production. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know if this is the if it's a plague of like one thing going right in their in their lineup, and then they try to copy it time and time again because. If I'm if I'm just going back, and there's probably examples before this, but the last big thing they did, other than like Avengers Endgame, was um, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, made them tons of money, right? And, yeah, and they immediately pissed all that away with the Last Jedi. Yeah, and they just like they relied heavily on bringing back the names, the big names, and throwing nostalgia bait, and that was a big allure to it. And I feel like they tried to do that again with Indiana Jones, and that flunked. It, I mean, it's sitting at, we'll talk about it, obviously, 10th, but it's sitting at $375 million worldwide for a movie that costs at least 200 to 250 before you talk about marketing. So the thing about Indiana Jones is, like, the timing, I think, hurt it more than anything else. Right? Because... I feel like it almost would have been better if they didn't make... Well, it would have been better if the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull never was made. Yeah. Um, because now 
this fifth Indiana Jones movie isn't coming on the the back of the much beloved Last Crusade. It's coming on the back of the much maligned Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And Harrison Ford's a lot older, and I think the public perception is like Indiana Jones is a tired old man, and it needs to stop. Well, that's another thing, too, (laughs) is that a lot of Disney movies have the same premise of your beloved character that you put on a pedestal when you were a kid is now old and grouchy and, you know, is achy all the time. (laughs) Ironically, Harrison Ford has played two of those characters. <laughs> <laughs> he played the Han Solo character is basically the Indiana Jones character, just in a different universe. But they're both, ah, oh, I'm old, and i able to do what I used to do, but I'll save the day anyways, I guess. Yeah. Um, not Disney, but I will also make note of the entire series of The Expendables. <laughs> where the whole premise is it's a whole bunch of washed up action heroes yeah um having to try and save the day while being past their prime is that the plot of the movie or is that just how the cast is set I up i think that's actually like the plot of the movie that's why they're the expendables is they're a bunch of old the characters are all in the movie a bunch of old like super uh, action agents who are like oh we okay did, uh, I've never actually seen. Getting old. That's right, not Sylvester Stallone. I my my accent can tell you're accurate. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) let's let's. I'm just gonna grab the hook and pull you off stage here. Absolutely. Um, in second we have Oppenheimer, eighteen point eight million dollars. It has crossed over $657 million worldwide, and now holds an interesting box office record. It is the highest grossing film domestically ever to never be number one at the box office. Huh. That's really, that the is ultimate really interesting. I like that. Yeah, the ultimate silver medal. <laughs> that is cool. Which is... Um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty neat. It opened Oppenheimer opened in 149 more theaters. Yeah, I saw that. And in I... fact, um, sorry, uh, and Wednesday previews or uh, Thursday night previews, um, Peter and I were thinking of going to see Blue Beetle because we have a free IMAX ticket to see Blue Beetle. Yes. Um, and. The IMAX run of it didn't start till Friday because they <laughs> extended the Oppenheimer run. <laughs> yeah, I was. Lo- I'm looking at like what what left to allow in Oppenheimer, and I feel like there's more movies leaving theaters than there are coming in. I don't know how that works. Yeah, maybe I don't know if uh, Haunted Mansion had an IMAX format. Maybe they ran that for a week, and when, when that bombed, they're like, "All right, let's put Oppenheimer back in there." Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I'm gonna see if uh, any Oppenheimer showings. Um, maybe, maybe they're like smaller theaters that like reopened for a weekend or some yeah. of that. I mean, it also it I, you could essentially double. I, oh no, the math is. I I'm gonna do the math wrong inevitably, but my brain wants to say you can like essentially double that number of theaters because. Oppenheimer is double the movie of many movies in theaters right now. Yeah, that's true. That's that's still that does not make sense though because it's yeah du- duoplexes. No, but I see what you're saying. Is like duoplexes 
um, might need to like bump it out because it it eats too much of the show times. Mm-hmm. But it got yeah, brought so back like if, due to if popular Haunted demand. Mansion and Sound of Freedom leave the same theater, they both get replaced with one showing of Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> they do the fusion dance. That's that's the great way. To, I want to see the duoplex theater that's showing those two movies. <laughs> <laughs> Can't call Disney woke now. <laughs> just, just I want to observe that lobby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who, what if, who's in there? It <laughs> looked like the Alabama boat cruise. It's a QAnon moms with their kids. <laughs> well, no, they wouldn't take them to the Haunted Mansion because Disney's woke. Poisoning the mind of their children. The the woke haunted mansion. Um, coming to number three, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem making $15.27 milli, opening in 92 more theaters, creating the domestic total of 78 mil and the worldwide of 101. You can always bank on a TMNT movie to uh, rake it in at the box office. Yeah, it's, it's doing quite fine. I think this will have Pretty good money because it's, um, it's an animated kids movie. <laughs> it's funny. It'll, because many of the while. characters in that movie do not have legs. <laughs> not to speak of, but we True. will talk about that later on today. Yeah, average leg count over was the next low. twenty hours in this <laughs> uh, in-depth Zapruder film analysis. <laughs> uh, last week's spotlight, Meg Two, um, twelve million, uh, opening in a hundred one more theaters, but down fifty-seven percent. Almost, uh, yeah. I'm surprised. What's with all these theaters opening up here, man? Like, yeah, I don't know because that's a third straight movie in a row to open in more theaters. Um, uh, and Haunted Mansion dropping out of 880 theaters. Yeah, so maybe I that, think, maybe okay, that's yeah, right. maybe you're spot on with that one. Just, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's, that's a good is. that's a good point. Well, I guess with Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out the same week, um, maybe that caused like the one one theater little cinemas to like reshuffle their uh, what they wanted to play, what they wanted to be their feature or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's what the answer is. Uh, Meg two though, twelve million domestic total of fifty eight mil and a worldwide total of two hundred sixty two point nine million. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty okay. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, people love their shark movies, so that doesn't surprise me. I hope that had no matter how dumb they are. <laughs> I know, I know. You can really phone in that that uh that writers. Paper. Although, to be fair, we are eagerly anticipating the release of a shark movie. Yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, that I am sure will be very dumb. <laughs> coming to number five, the opening week of the last voyage of the Demeter, our spotlight grossed six point five million opening weekend, uh, mm. domestic grand total of eight point four, and a worldwide total of eight point eight. Because it's not opening internationally a lot of places. Uh, no, um, pretty can. limited, pretty pretty limited release domestically as well. Only twenty seven hundred theaters. Yeah. Uh, but as as said, we do do find it in our spotlight. Um, so, Last Voyage of the Demeter is based on the uh, Captain's Log chapter of Dracula, um, 
and it is currently pulling in ratings of 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 50% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and a Metacritic score of 52. 52. So generally pointing to mid. Um, Who would win? The Dracula or the Meg? Who 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 knows? We'll see. <laughs> the 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 time will tell. Probably the Meg because it made two hundred sixty million dollars. But like um, they fought. But let's let's go to the real reviewers to get the real scoop on this on this movie. And uh, here to provide one sad scoop is the real scoop with KK. Um, no no third K. Importantly. Can't go not too many. Keep the keep those K's down. He kept that K count in check. Um Last Words of the Demeter ten out of ten. Spectacular. This movie is exactly what I've been craving from a horror movie for years. Although I'm not saying it is an alien, it is built in that mold. Finally, a director is able to pair the horror element with an actual story and interesting characters. Each character on the ship has their own personality that adds intrigue to the overall story. It's also acted beautifully, and the sets are absolutely spectacular. Even though you have a pretty good idea for what exactly is going to happen... <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a sentence. Just one. It still gives, and it's still going. Actually, there's no period there. It mm-hmm. still gives someone like me who hasn't read the book a reason to be on the edge of your seat for what happens next. The ending sort of action slash final battle scene isn't perfect, but also left me wondering what happens after its conclusion. Keep in mind, this entire movie is on just one chapter of the book albeit a seemingly popular one. I'm desperately hoping they make a sequel. A lot of them are wanting a sequel to this movie. Wouldn't that just be half a Dracula movie? Like, do you understand what you're asking for? No, they're just going to do it on a different ship. Different doesn't Dracula. uh, Does it it not end in, in like, where Dracula starts up or uh, where that that chapter ends? Is there more... More aspects of the ship, the ship ride. The ship just drifts into port, empty, and then a wolf jumps off, which turns out to be Dracula, and everyone's like, "Well, what the fuck happened on the ship?" Yeah, <laughs> that's your and sequel. It's, it's called "Let's The Rest of Bram Stoker's Dracula." Let's see what RZ Mth. Well, no, no, hold on, hold on. I'm not done. Oh, oh There's shit! More. It's still going. There's more. That was just an aside. I apologize. I'm desperately hoping they make a sequel as I'm tired of seeing horror movies with demonic possession where some Russell Crowe-like actor plays a priest and runs away from and chases the spirit around for 90 minutes. I wonder which movie he saw. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not doing well at the box office, so I'm not sure I will be so lucky. I expect late summer movie fatigue is setting in from Barbenheimer, um, ignoring the fact that those two movies were extremely resilient at the box office, and the Meg 2 also made a bunch of money. Right. 
This guy's doing our job. Hey, stop. That's my job. Two have two found that helpful, though. (laughs) Probably because they didn't read it in that voice. Um, One out of ten, RZM says, alien on a ship. (laughs) You wish. This isn't bad. (laughs) It's abysmal. Oh, yeah. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Alien was already on a ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't. What if he was alien? <laughs> but he hid in the corridors. If alien you said alien on a, on a boat, yeah, on okay. a nautical ship, <laughs> on a nautical voyage across the sea, you wish. This isn't bad. It's abysmal. I've got more plot off the list of ingredients on the back of a box of cereal. <laughs> I've seen mismatch, mi- I've seen <coughs> matchstick figures with more depth of character than the characters in this mess of a movie. Think of one of those cheap shoot 'em up games they used to churn out in the in the decades past. Repetitive, pointless, utterly predictable. This is a thousand times worse. What you have basically. Is a totally under unbelievable CGI monster killing off totally unbelievable characters in a totally unbelievable, largely CGI setting. The heard it all before soundtrack tries but fails to convey what the director and his team would like the audiences to believe is emotion. Parentheses, just about the only emotions to be found in this fiasco are disgust and despair at the depths to which filmmaking has sunk of late. End parentheses, semicolon. And the dialogue is so ridiculously trite, cliche-ridden, and hollow, shallow and pedantic, that you'd stand a better chance of sitting all the way through this excuse for a film with the sound turned off. To give you an idea, I watched this for free and I still felt ripped off. Zero out of zero for the helpful. What a yep. bitch. <laughs> Scrub mode. Bitch. Um, I, I took a little detour outside of my normal feeding grounds. Um, <gasps> there are some good ones. Um, it's nothing amazing, but uh, I do I do like this one. This uh, seven out of ten by Garen Schlink. Um, seven out of ten. Dracula's Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One is based on a small snippet of a larger story, but managed to expand that small snippet into a fun adventure. This movie does the same thing, but with an R rating. It takes a chapter out of Bram Stoker's Dracula and turns it into a summer thriller slash suspense movie i enjoyed this movie for what it was i would recommend it as a good time this is a decent popcorn summer film if you go in expecting more or less you you will be disappointed so right on the money uh i went in with low expectations as the movie was not doing well critically some critics were lamenting it adds nothing new to the dracula mythos it doesn't subvert expectations It doesn't reinvent the wheel. Come on, guys. Not every movie needs to be an Oscar contender. Can we just have some fun with Dracula? (laughs) Critics were too harsh on this movie and are slamming it for what it isn't rather than commenting on what it is. It's a solid 7 out of 10 
movie. 16 okay. out of 18 found that helpful. That was quite a helpful review. Um, so the the first review, I did a funny voice for it because it was a pretty balanced, favorable review. Like, it wasn't too unhinged. Balanced. Um, and that's because my next review is completely unhinged. And I don't even know... I mean, it mentions the movie in the body of the paragraph, so I guess that makes it as about this movie as any of these reviews can be. From Tadpole596-918256, The Last Voyage of Demir, 10 out of 10. It's literally bringing my blood to the boiling point, ellipses. Blood to the boiling point. Body of the, the, the review leading ellipses knowing that any comments explication explication or dissection of this controversial picture is more than likely to be suppressed muzzled stymied silenced stifled and censored in total violation of america's free speech rights <laughs> spelled w-r-i-t-e-s and if you're wondering why i point out how it's spelled you'll see okay any site s-i-t-e with a spell checker which prevents people from adding an S, in quotes, to write R-I-G-H-T, or write R-I-T-E, ought to be ashamed of itself. It turns out one is not permitted to mention Agatha C in the same paragraph as Demeter. <laughs> You're forbidden to name said Greek goddess for more than once in this space. Furthermore, you can earn the mark of Cain for specifying certain hues, such as red or black. Nautical is perceived as naughty, no-no term, as in the number 10. <laughs> These increasing ridiculous rules belong on Planet X. <laughs> Zero two found that helpful. Put that in the comments. Putting that one on the shelf, baby boys. <laughs> Thank you, Tadpole. You're the you're the son of a gay frog. <laughs> very, very seldom do I get the fun ones. <laughs> Bring my blood to the boiling point. All right. Do I do I do this in a voice or one out of ten from uh, California Limited? Maybe CA Limited or Cal Limited? Cal. Canada, the entire Kalamanamanid. Anyways, Kalamanon. Spoilers. Fast forward if you don't want to hear this. Oh my. Where to begin? (laughs) Bad acting? Bad effects? Bad story? This one has it all. Plotline is Dracula is traveling from Varna, (laughs) not Romania, to England on a shrooner called the Demeter. It's Dracula, so it's enough to say. Things will go bad. There is also a black doctor. Never knew Bulgaria in 1980s having many black <laughs> doctors. There's Robin's back and there's Latin strike. Now it reads a fast. Good science <laughs> math. Black doctor. <laughs> from, from Cambridge. But here it is. And there is also a woman. And they save the day, more or less. And the doctor at the end of the movie becomes Van Helsing. Don't ask questions, just diversity, I guess. And then there's the rest of the cast. The captain, who was useless. The kid, who had no place here. The rest of the crew, who are absolute idiots. And the man, or monster himself, Dracula. 
So yeah, all in all, terrible adaptation of a very good and scary chapter from the book. But this is a modern this is modern cinema, and we have to destroy everything in the name of diversity and hashtag MeToo movement, where men who are experienced sailors are absolute idiots. Or in this guy said, Editos! <laughs> you idiots. Absolute Editos. And women who never sailed once, fought, or fired a weapon can do all of these things better than all of them. Avoid this drivel at all costs. Nobody in this era wants to make a good adaptation of a book, or in this case, a chapter. Everyone wants to push buttons and political ideas. In the end, just so ever, just so you know, and know why it's bad, the Black Doctor survives. <laughs> the woman dies as well as the rest of the crew, and they give a hint to a sequel that nobody will ever watch, or it will sit like this one in production hell for ten years. Wish it was never made. Such a disappointment. <laughs> Avoid it at all costs and save your money. Watch anything else. Zero out of four. Found that helpful. <laughs> you got really unhinged at the end there, Jake. You yeah, doing okay? it's a <laughs> full goblin mode at the end. Because yeah. <laughs> when I found out that the Black Doctor survives, <laughs> no, Black Van, <laughs> Black Van Helsing. Blackula. 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 Dude, we should make this guy watch Blackula. His head might explode. Yeah. Van Blelsing Van No Blelsing. <laughs> uh, uh, um, Finally uh, From Watch It Wombat and I'm going to try and do my best Cynical Mike Oi Watch It Wombat Watch It Wombat uh, my, my best cynical Mike's DeClasa impression um, 6 out of 10 It doesn't suck <laughs> Six He's out a ten. downright creeper With bug eyes And the worst teeth in Hollywood no, not Steve Buscemi. We're talking uh, Dracula. <laughs> Count Orlock. Nosferatu. Whatever you call him, old Fangy has set sail for some neck-sucking on the high seas in Dracula, Voyage of the Demeter. And it comes with a pedigree. It's been adapted from just half a chapter of Bram Stoker's original novel. I guess if the writer's strike keeps dragging on, we'll get adaptations of the chapter headings soon. <laughs> the plot in a nutshell is, crew on a boat, bunch of crates, one has the D-man inside, crew get picked off one by one at night. Or, as the director Andre Orvidal described it, basically alien on a ship in 1987, 1897. That's an incredible pitch. And it's bang on. If you think that sounds silly, well, join the queue. This kind of movie isn't normally my thing, but I gotta say, I was genuinely surprised by the quality of the performances, the art design, and the suspense on offer. Voyage of the Demeter is a foggy, salty, bloody good time that knocked my expectations overboard. Leon at Watch It Wombat. One out of three found that helpful. Oh, you watch a wombat. That's that's your best Mike Staclasa, is it then? That's my best overly cynical Mike Staclasa. <laughs> Trying to be way over the top. It's not very good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I I can like I can smell the radio DJ, the morning radio DJ coming off of this. <laughs> <laughs> All we need 
It's Radio Google. All right. Um, that's the last voyage of the Demeter. Uh, you can make your well, the last your, review of the Demeter. Yeah, make your make your own judgments. Do your research. Um, Hod Mansion, as we mentioned before, getting mollywopped here at eight hundred and eighty theaters, five point seven million dollars. It's clawed its way to seventy million dollar worldwide box office, but considering the production budget on this was like two hundred million, um, and it was heavily advertised, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that movie's going to do very well overall. Sorry, Daniel DeVito. Talk to me. Uh, opens in nine more theaters and only drops 19% to $5.1 million. Uh, A24's latest horror schlock bringing in $40 million worldwide, um, which I'm sure is quite a tidy profit. Uh, Sound of Freedom still hanging out. Uh, week number six here in the top ten, uh, $4.8 million, $174 million worldwide, but it's all domestic. It just tickles me to no end that Sound of Freedom is going to be one of like, the top 15 highest grossing movies of the year. Actually, <laughs> domestically, it might be much higher than that. It might be like in the top ten. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 continues its sachet out of theaters not of another 287 4.6 million dollars uh, 524 million dollars worldwide for Tom Cruise's latest effort and uh, Indiana Jones The Dial of Destiny is getting taken out back uh, out of another 400 feeders, only in 790, down 42.2% week on week, $921,000. Yeah, kind of a weaker box office now uh, when you have a sub $1 million movie sneaking into the top 10. Uh, $375 million worldwide for Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny, so it might just might break even or only lose $25 million. <laughs> <laughs> only hemorrhage. Amazing amounts of money, the Di- the Disney way. Like, Man, I wish I could lose my company twenty five million dollars and still have my job. Yeah, right. Fucking yeah, just you know, just own a just own a chain of amusement parks and <laughs> cruise liners. That's that's the takeaway here, I guess. <laughs> Get in on that amusement park game. Like, where does it, where does it go? <laughs> I guess it goes to the, like we said, it goes to the production crews and the immense amount of technical work that just gets like just showered on and thrown away too. Like, I I watched a video about I think Four Love and Thunder. And all the reshoots that Taika Waititi demanded for the CGI shots, not realizing, like, you can't just redo the shot in a short amount of time with a heavy effects shot. It's not like a all practical shot where you just reset and take it again. Right. (laughs) You're throwing out months of work with each change. And that's why the CG in that movie looks so shitty a lot of sense speaking of cg looking shitty um i don't i don't think we talked about this last week um but i did hear recently that the um 
visual effects artists are starting to unionize. Yeah, so good they, for them. Good. <laughs> maybe they heard our podcast and talk about maybe trying to unionize, or more than likely, this is something that's been in the works for a while. But finally, a, a big um, staple to the industry that is. Um, notoriously overworked and possibly underpaid. I, I have no idea what their pay is, but I'm assuming so. I think um, they get bids to work on the project. They're not like paid a certain. Gotcha. I the only thing I heard about their industry is that there's something weird with like scenes, and they charge by the scene, not by what needs to be done on the scene. So like there could be a scene that needs just a little bit of visual effects or CGI or something like that. And then they get paid the same amount for that amount of time to work on that uh, as it is to do a big, you know, car chase scene that requires all this extra work. So, not the smartest way to do that, um, but uh, I don't know. No, I think think them unionizing would be great, and I think it'd be great for the movie business as a whole. Because, um, you know, if they place limits on the kind of work that they can do it might bring back uh and if they they charge more obviously um it might bring back an incentive to utilize practical effects which Mm -hmm. will give jobs back to you know prop masters and all the people who work in you know making practical effects happen who haven't had as much work recently because of the digital revolution maybe you get some work again um so you know hopefully this will lead to to a lot of positive change in the movie industry, just as I feel this writer strike and actor strike will lead to positive change in the movie industry as a whole. It might be a rough patch getting to that positive change, <laughs> but I Trey watches as uh, indicated at least this week to the opposite. <laughs> yeah, well, we're we still haven't run out of everything. They're just releasing yeah. all the like good movies that they didn't think would be profitable yeah. because they have nothing left. <laughs> Who who knows what's in their coffers that they could they could dig up? Christmas is going to be very interesting. It, yeah, yeah. I was talking with Jake before the show. I'm like, I feel like just January of 2024, there's going to be nothing in theaters. There's going to be like like one movie in theaters. Yeah. War with Grandpa. It's going to be like it's going to be the re-release. pandemic all over again. Yeah, War with Grandpa. Well, it's really it's really going to bite Disney in the ass if they are so dead set on doing reshoots and using that as like a backup. Uh, for a lot of what they need to do, and they can't do it because SAG-AFTRA and the WGA are still striking for a good while, it's going to push back deadlines like nobody's business. And, you know, it, it sucks, but you know what? We'll watch rerun, reruns until until we get... There are, there are plenty actually... of movies that I haven't gotten a chance to see from the past, yeah. like, three or four years that I could easily fill that void with. Yeah, that is the nice thing, is, like the ability to when they when these things run thin like those 40th anniversary re-releases are always uh, a treat well it'll be interesting to see what um what the theaters start to do so if like a theater starts you know saying okay we don't have any new releases what can we bring back to re-release digitally remaster 70 millimeter imax you know all that jazz uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of events we can, they can buzz up for uh, a movie night. You know, mm-hmm. having people out to go see something they haven't seen in a while, and they'd love to see it in the theater again. Like uh, Moonfall, and Moonfall would be a great movie to go see in theater. <laughs> it's 
only fits in theaters. <laughs> it's such a big moon. Yeah, it's such a big moon. Um, <laughs> I would love. I I missed out on seeing Top Gun. I still haven't seen it. So uh, I would love for them to put Top Gun back in. There. Yeah, like how many double features can they do now? Because they made so many reboots of like older properties. Like, oh, that'd be funny. Easy, easy uh, filler is just watch the original and the newest edition. You know, or like yeah. the new version. Um, experience disappointment in real time (laughs) you know what i'm actually surprised i'm sure it's because um spielberg didn't he he wanted to make sure this didn't happen but you haven't gotten like a jaws reboot yeah why certain movies like you just don't reboot like you're never gonna reboot star wars like a new hope like well I hope they never reach the point where they reboot that. Like, you're never going to do a reboot of The the Shining. Force Awakens was a soft reboot of uh, Episode 4. We haven't even gotten that for Jaws. Like, after Jaws 4, like, that shit was sealed, concrete, and fucking shot to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, where it's found. I feel like you could make an argument that many shark movies are soft reboots of Jaws. The little little baby shark. Uh, Shark babies. Um, yeah, and our uh, video game and entertainment news segment is the child of our follow up. That's true, in a certain from just, a certain point of view, I suppose. Bond in, because of the lineup. I'll start. Um, I don't not because I have anything like pertin- pertinent or like real that I really need to get out there. I just I'm on the roll. I'm here. I'm in the moment. Um. And time is moving forward. That's my theme for this this round of news. A um, couple of small stories. So one, uh, the Xbox 360 store is closing out and taking with it around 220 digital-only games. Going to get sucked into the lost media vortex. No. Um, well, I'm sure they're all back Video up Games somewhere. Chronicle, which has the whole list of all the titles that will be lost uh, once that store goes offline. So if you have your Xbox 360 somehow still, um, download them all. Buy them all now and put them on an archive site. Um, I'm sure most of them have already been archived. Um, Yeah. Uh, The other story of of stuff leaving is um, Netflix. September is closing out its DVD service. Um, they they are ending their DVD rental service. I could have sworn they did that last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe they're doing it again. They fa- they failed to close it out last year. Who knows? Um, but with this one, um, I feel like this one's more serious because they're sending as a fun surprise to their subscribers. They can get up to ten DVDs randomly by mail. Uh, definitely not Netflix trying to offload its backlog and warehouses <laughs> of DVDs. It's just a, it's a tribute to the to all the people who supported them over the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, in all honesty, that's probably the best thing because otherwise they are going to. I mean, the bargain bins at Walmart are already full. Yeah. You don't have only have so many three three pack value packs of all three Taken movies. 
<laughs> and then like it's actually a four pack because it's like taken one two th- one and three it's actually a three pack it's taken one three and then like an hour of mighty mouse cartoons just has nothing to do with the other two movies that's it um so yeah so now um that's it that's no more dvds right, what, what only you got I would I would warn uh, it if we so weren't we didn't already save the Netflix. segment, Jake. <laughs> so Baldur's Gate is uh is big. It's coming out. It's, it's out. It's um people have played it. People and video game. I think we heard a little bit of buzz from this before, but uh, video game companies are saying, uh, do not expect this from us. Yeah, they're whining that like it's the game is too good and it's setting a this bad is, example. Yes, this is <laughs> not what we're gonna make. We're not going to be uh, pushed to this level. Um, it's and, unrealistic standards. Uh, just shitty for them to like just outright and say that because I feel like competition is to, to promote competitiveness um, between companies. And when you don't just say, hey, your product's too good. Fuck you. We're, <laughs> don't expect us to do that shit. That's too hard. That's too time consuming. Um no, it's no. a terrible look. Um, yeah, it's an awful look for video game companies, and I think everybody should strive to be on this quality um, of like day one release of gameplay, of storytelling, of even though it's just it's so funny because it's just fucking D and D on a computer. Yeah, isn't, isn't that crazy? It's just D and D on a computer, and. That's been around. Well, D and D is a game. The concept, the well, characters have been around forever. It's and not just D and D on a computer. It's it's a sequel to a much beloved RPG. Twenty three years in the making. Yeah, but like the story's already written. I'm pretty sure the like, the the this has already been in the works. Like it's a the books have already been written. There's a lot of source material out from. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, so they have so much. The studio has so much to work they, with. Well, they game. had they had a lot of like independent uh, like input on it because there is a story that was floating out this week about one of the writers being uh, like talking about how they really wanted to do justice to '90s Bioware, and they were really careful about how they approach the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's really, I'm sure it borrows heavily from whatever written material. I don't, I don't know how D and D works. I don't know how much information is given to you with like a module about like certain events. It, it's pretty detailed. I mean, like from the modules that I've seen, um, like it takes you through, whatever your map is going to be like and if they do step over here there's going to be a trap and here's um recommendations a lot of his recommendations because you can homebrew a lot of it not homebrew but you can uh you know dealer's choice if you don't want to make it that complicated and you want to make it easier just knock everything down like a point value or two point values um it makes things easier to accomplish you can make the difficulty less hard that way but everything is pretty mapped out so you can just pick it up and go as long as you have a DM who knows the game. Um, but yeah, modules are pretty much 
written out for you. Characters are selected for you. Like encounters, that's a big part of D&D is setting up the encounters and like knowing what they do. And Mm -hmm. the modules kind of take care of that for you. I see. Yeah. Um, I've played a little bit of it. Um, I'm probably going to play it a little bit more tonight. Are the NPCs Um, are corny as they say? (laughs) Dude, they they are. It is stupid. Well, well, don't get don't get too far because we we gotta jam that shit. (laughs) I I have I have multiple. I from what I understand is that you have different experiences when you play it more than once through. So I, you know, I we're gonna take a different path. Like I I fully expect that. No, no, I'm. Have different that's characters. fine. Yeah, we're we're gonna have our group run, and I think we'll all have our individual like, solo I runs. I think also, like if I play with a full, so we roll four, the game. You can't like really bring too many people of the NPCs with you places. Yeah. So I don't know how much that limits their quest, because I'm assuming there's got to be some element of um, if you have two of the NPCs in your party at the same time, it unlocks this aspect of the of the game. So there, there might be stuff when you're playing as like a four person group that you don't really get the full experience of. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how that kind of differs between, cause I have a friend who, who wants to play it just with, you know, him and I, but, uh, there's a lot to the game. So I think even if I play it for like yeah, a I was, couple hours, I was just giving you shit. I'm not, <laughs> just... uh, well, it's, it's exactly, it's exactly like divinity two, Like, like you'd be like almost Wait, like oh shit to the terrain like, system <laughs> yeah right, uh, please tell me there's no far. curse fog please there there me. is a terrain there is a uh i have i've created ice and i have made people slip on ice okay. um somebody has shot a acid arrow at me and there has been a pool of acid um i don't know if there was this aspect in divinity where you could dip your sword but there's like a dip function as well. There might have um, been, but we didn't explore it. <laughs> there's so there, they did something with like free actions um, and bonus actions that you can do now, where you can jump and you can um, shove, and the game kind of shows you how you can use those during combat to your advantage. Like uh, it's kind of super. I don't know if like the beginning aspect is already pre-rolled, so these <laughs> encounters are not like super at chance because they're. Like I've missed a lot. <laughs> I've missed a lot, and I'm like, there ain't no like logical way I should be missing this much. And uh, mm-hmm. so, like, if you do a, a shove, you can overcome their athletics roll uh, with yours, and you can push them away from you. Um, and if you do that, you get to run away from them without taking like attack of opportunities. So right. it's like advantageous to keep that in mind if you want to like relocate. So there's a lot of ways you can use the uh, new components of the game. Um, in your favor um but there's a lot of little things here to explore and open up the chests and open up the little um like bookshelves and stuff like that to see what there's like two gold and you have to collect it make sure you collect everything it's a -a (laughs) collect-a-thon live live shout out to uh steam's uh servers or like a negative shout out because my i have gigabit internet and it's capping me at like well now it's creeping back up it's making a liar out of me but it was at like 50 megabytes per second i'm like i can get 128 down on this thing <laughs> don't you shortchange me this is a 124 26 gigabyte game you know what i'm capable of 
but now now we're getting now we're cooking with gas. It will be downloaded in nineteen minutes. What's <laughs> 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 what's what you get when you uh you pay for premium, baby. Um. Okay. Yeah. So this is the the stories we're alluding to. We owe them a huge debt. Baldur's Gate three lead writer. Uh, Adam Smith said, and he said also said they hope they did '90s Bioware pr- proud. Um, it's uh, it's easy to forget because the game's out there now. But when we first started working on Baldur's Gate three, it was shoulders of giant stuff. Baldur's Gate was such a big shadow. Smith says we were like, do we ever look okay in the shadow? There was a lot of anxiety about that. Um, And uh, he also repeated an appraisal that he heard about Baldur's Gate, which sounds from from Jake's own appraisal to be true. It's Divinity Original Sin 3, not really Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. I mean, it's hard hard to like... I'm I'm glad that my uh, comment was backed up with that because it's hard to just like say that without playing any of the other games um, and be like, oh, maybe this is just their style all the way through. Um, but yeah, it, it is a lot of, a lot of that similar element. Even when you like, you wake up, you're on a ship. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a different type of ship. I'll give them that. Uh, uh, but the sin, did the cinematics slap? So they did some really cool stuff with that. I'm excited to see how much cooler it can be. Um, but there are, there are people, I mean, it's the internet, so people are going to already find exploits. Um, people have already found a way to like deal the most amount of damage in the game, uh, which is, uh, you make an owl bear or you summon an owl bear or something like that, Mm -hmm. or you become one. And then you use, um, the enlarge ability, uh, to make them even bigger. And then you get to the top of a, a stack of barrels that you've created it's always a giant stack of barrels. Wait a minute. And is barrelmancy a thing? <laughs> barrelmancy might be. I've already used. I've already popped some barrels, so maybe. Well, um, well you remember you how jump off the okay. top from the jump from off the, the top, top rope. barrel. From the top barrel, you jump off. Give him a macho man elbow drop. <laughs> yeah, you give him the elbow, and that's like they were able to deal like a fuck ton of damage using a ability called like crushing fall that reduces fall damage. <laughs> Uh, to you, but you deal all of it to them. The owl bear pretty... splash. Yeah, it's pretty epic. So, I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of like, I- I'm hoping they show more of the usefulness of the environment because there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. Um, I will get right back to you on if I find um, there to be some cursed blood or cursed steam uh, that really fucks with stuff. If it's it's going real heavy on the D and D, so my guess is no, because that doesn't exist in D and I don't I don't believe. Good. I don't think there's like, I don't think there's something where it reverses the healing effects. So um, now I'm so. It, so like you can do it's traditional like five E classes, right? Uh, yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Okay. Should I? Hmm. I'm all right. I I uh, since it's a choice between two. Um, 
barbarian or paladin i can do one for my solo run one for the group run i'll just have to figure out which i want to do which um i'm trying to think of what i remember seeing there was barbarian there was fighter um i'm trying to think if i saw paladin um now if i saw cleric wizard um they might they might have simplified it because there's a lot of classes in D anD D. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll figure it they out. Might, they might have included fighter. Here, I got the I got the list. Um, barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, wizard. Okay. Yeah, there All is. Right. Get I'm ready. Not... Get ready to get smited, boys. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get smote. <laughs> I just smote your... Kurt 316 says I just smote your ass. <laughs> I want to... I'm going to see if when we play, I'm going to roll up what I started to do with the Red Prince, which was uh, the super mobility build. So it might be... I don't know. Rogue or Ranger is better for that. I want to go across the map in one turn. <laughs> and get backstabs, yeah. Yes. So that's really cool. There, there's a lot of um, what's really cool. I'm also looking at a um, a list of it all, because it's also hard to tell what class you want to go into when you don't really know what's ahead of you. Um, and there are some new stuff. So it seems like Monk has a lot of new, uh, of the newer, like subclasses. Uh, so they have like the Open Hand Monk, Shadow Monk, Four Elements Monk, which is gonna be like Avatar. Oh, that um, sounds Druid pretty has, boss, actually. <laughs> I picked um, I picked Druid of the Spores, mm-hmm. uh, so you get some like fungus and necromancy stuff. The Bungus Wizard. Um, I'm very excited uh, to play this again. Um, yeah, Ranger gets Gloomstalker, Fighter gets Champion, um, Rogue gets Assassin, uh, Bard gets Swords, Warlock Archfey is the subclass, Cleric and Knowledge, Nature Tempest and War. Wizard gets conjuration, divination, enchantment, necromancy, illusion, and transmutation. A lot of different subclasses there that uh, focus on different spell casting abilities. Ooh, what is it? So it's a trickery cleric. I might, I might do like a tempest cleric. Hit people with my fucking lightning rod. Get fucked. Yeah, this it, it seems like a fantastic game. A lot of different stuff. A lot of replayability. Um, yeah, we'll see how how uh, big it is and how how long it takes to get through it. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm downloading it now. I'm about a third of the way through because I pay for very fast internet and uh, I'm ready to tear in. I'll I'll probably start my solo campaign tonight and uh, <laughs> play till four in the morning. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful because I think you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get sucked in. <laughs> I've fallen in before. It was like that with Fallout. I, would, I came home from work one day when I was playing the original Fallout. I made my dinner. I had my dinner while I was playing. And my plan was to only, like, play a couple hours and then, like, you know, wind down and go to bed. And all of a sudden it's midnight. And I'm like, oh, shit. I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, before my hardcore League of Legends days, I did that with Fallout at college. It was... Oh, I fell into so much shit in college, dude. So, the original game I fell... I think the first game I fell into was... Uh, well, games. Mass Effect 1 and 2. Because I bought them right before I went on February break. And then I just deleted my February break with those games. Uh, 
nuts. Time to disappear. It was nuts. I've never, I don't think I've gained like that since. Um, yeah. All right. Well, um, we talked a lot about Baldur's Gate, and I think we can, can just wrap that up there yeah. and move on to our feature presentation, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Toidles uh, Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, ninja class in Baldur's Gate, so we'll have to tackle it here. Um, yes, this was another, <laughs> it's another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Um, it sure is younger. Yeah. Oh, so one thing overarching art style of the movie is fun. Um, there's so many movies out there now that are trying to do the, uh, spider verse animation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if it were a dial, this was turned up a little bit too high for me. Yeah. Very, but very all, but I respect the artistic choice. Um, you know, there's there's a yeah. I'd say people like it. I enjoyed the art style, but I didn't really enjoy the art direction or character designs. Yeah, the uh, the potatometer was a little too high for like it t- took me out of it a little bit. Like I said, I agree with the you guys one... that I the like the actual style. I'm with it. It reminds me of like um, the was it the fucked up fairy tales, um, right? What's the, yeah. the dirty fairy tales or whatever from like the two thousands? I think you got it fucked up fairy tales. I think that's yeah what it's called. Um, that kind of just like ugly asymmetrical kind of style, which I think in this case was supposed to mimic like a teenager's notebook. And there's yeah. Yeah. Was it just me or was um did all the humans were animated and drawn to like look fucking ugly and gross like they were the mutants maybe that was was part of it yeah i was wondering if if that was done on purpose to make the focal point the turtles look normal Mm -hmm. to us to the watcher yeah they also didn't need to make mikey's head like a stewie griffin football Uh, which they referenced (laughs) yeah (laughs) i griffin mixed with hey arnold yeah i like I appreciate the idea um of like trying to make the turtles look visually distinct, you know, kind of give them their own look and personality and whatnot. Um I think they went a little too far with it here. Um like Mikey has the Stewie head, Donnie's like super scrawny and got a super high voice. Donnie has not yet hit puberty. <laughs> in this movie um and Raph is just fucking so squat for like no reason <laughs> Raph is he's as large as as Raph is um yeah like the art style it's, it's good it's it, evocative um lots of little effects to make you enjoy it <laughs> um good I, good I feel color like it's work better I feel like the um the the design of the turtles was a little better than the was the last TMNT movie that came out like the uh, the Michael Bay ones. Michael Bay ones, yeah. 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 Those, when, when was that? Those sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't they make like Donatello the smart one? Like the uh, they give him like all these gadgets that he always had on. He had special glasses. 
And he was like all decked out to be like he's the nerdy one. Yeah, he's got all. The and it was gear. just too much. Yeah. Um. Um. I, I, they I look can like see how they, this was edging. They on look that. like the the ones in the Michael Bay look like the the one from the bit the uh, the uh, pickle commercial, <laughs> the Ninja Turtles pickle commercial, which I've I've shared in the chat. Um. Yeah. But yeah, Donatello Donatello has like the the quad glasses goggles the ham radio on the back with the super long antenna like he's got all these gadgets and gizmos a security camera he's like i'm the smart one because technology you see (laughs) yes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) too much michael bay too much yeah uh this one uh, yeah um what else was i say oh yeah i like the only other thing that stuck out to me like visually to two things in general where the um were baxter bug eye stockman he's got the he's got the most eyes per man that i've <laughs> seen in a long time and then they made april they, they really made april o'neill just they just turned up the torso on her <laughs> she's all torso <laughs> um I, I i guess maybe like as a way to i well, guess her kids so i mean they because April O'Neil is supposed to be like the eventual love interest of all of them. one of the all of them of, of all of them. All but of I guess them, in so. this movie, it's it's uh, Leo in particular. Yeah, I just had, I guess I just had to turn that down. Just yeah, like mm-hmm. that, no, not yeah. Kid, kids aren't sex objects. Remember, these are kids. The Remember, kids. high schoolers. Yeah. So it's, it's easy awkward people. Teen love, uh, which <laughs> brings me to my next thing, which is there's so there's so much dialogue. This is the opposite of Rat Pink and Boo Boo. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's saying stuff so all the time in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, Even- I did compare it to that one scene in Rat Pink and Boo Boo where they're uh sitting around uh deciding who they're gonna rob next. Yes. And the guy's like, Come on, let's do something. We gotta do something. He's just like repeating incessantly to fill the air despite getting no response from anyone in the room. And yes. driving the audience mad. That was this entire movie. They could exactly. not have like trademark. one second of yeah. of dead air this entire film. Yeah. Which like I, I understand this so this is why like I, I it's hard for me to really knock this movie. I think overall I didn't like it that much. Uh but I could kind of see what they were going for. And I think this is for a younger audience, most definitely, and I feel like it would hit pretty well with that younger audience. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, I I really felt old watching this. Um, <laughs> yeah, usually, usually these movies like there's something for us. Uh, like Barbie's a good example of it, where it says it was PG thirteen. If you're thirteen, you're going to see it. There's some comedy, there's some humor that you can get, but it's also really funny for adults, and that had a lot of talking in it too. Um, that a lot of, but it knew when to be quiet. And this movie, I think, didn't think it knew when to be quiet, um, and it it did it did just fill the void with cultural reference after cultural reference, and honestly, just all of them talking over each other. So it's like an ADHD nightmare. <laughs> Of just voices and references, because I was trying to follow along, and I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the buzzword to come through, and sure enough, like, 
when they were like, oh, get me a bacon, egg, and cheese. Give me a... Like, they're going to do some, like... They're going to they're gonna say the Aki way, aren't they? They're going to make a TikTok reference. And sure as fucking shit, yeah. like the Aki way. Hey, ah, can't forget the Bev. Never, never. And I'm like, of course. <laughs> this is for children. Yeah. This is for... Like, this is the TikTok references that they're looking for. That they're they're filling the void with. They're getting these yeah. eyes glued. Donatello, and I'm he like, gets his idea I get to it. beat them. Yeah. I'm not gonna. He gets the idea. I'm not gonna laugh. Beat the monster from Attack on Titan trademark the anime. <laughs> yeah, I love Attack on Titan. I'm like, oh great, this is for me. But it... it's like in my in my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I okay. I guess I didn't expect a lot of like anime club. Like there's like Deku from My Hero Academia. Um, they put like Jujutsu Kaisen on his like staff. Like, how um, do you have the license? <laughs> How much are you paying out in royalties every time you show this movie? Well, they use, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of legal tricks to get around that. Mm-hmm. And they're overseas. They can't get us. <laughs> they got to cross all that ocean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lawyers can't cross moving water. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... That's that's a um, yeah. yeah, so the, the screenplay, I would say, it's just it's not smooth, with the exception of Ice Cube. And even then, um, Ice Cube, he's he's a standout here, Jackie Chan. I think I think it's just because he's being ice. He's allowed to mostly right. be Ice Cube. Mostly, yes, which is, a, I'm glad you mentioned that, because he is 80% of full Ice Cube. I just want to hear him swear. <laughs> I just want to hear him swear at the turtles. He, is, he has everything there, but... Uh, a long career. Mikey, you a dumb motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on some Godzilla shit. <laughs> it flows so naturally, but his his uh, now decades of uh, experience in family friendly film, he's he's got the natural instinct to to hold it back. But I could feel it pushing, pushing against the surface. Just give me, <laughs> give me R rated Ice Cube Superfly. I I'm looking I'm looking at the um like the poster listing of like all the different uh mutants that they had and and who they were voiced by, like I knew the obvious like like Seth Rogen as Bebop, oh um and then the Paul Rudd as uh the mm-hmm. the skateboarding gecko guy the yeah gecko. there are some f- there are some fucking big names in here yeah you know Maya Rudolph was the the random German lady who had like yep. four lines of dialogue Neutron. in this. Okay. Um, so Hannibal Burris was the was Genghis Frog. Yep. Yep. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito yeah. was Baxter Stockman. Yes. Uh, it's we, funny because because the, the movie it. opens and he's like talking and I go to Peter and I'm like is that is that Giancarlo Esposito? <laughs> oh my god! It is. See, I fucking missed the beginning of the movie. God damn it! <laughs> fucking work. Uh, Post Malone was uh, Ray Fillet. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Okay. So, they were, they were just uh, John Cena was a uh, rock setting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They I didn't really they, catch that. They, well, they they they, they pitched his voice down. They did the thing. Yeah. Where they... yeah, this is exactly the same playbook as many like you know whatever that little foot where Zendaya was Michi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that even if I remember <laughs> nothing else about that movie, which I don't, I really don't. It'll be that Zendaya was Michi. It's just you know they 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 load up the cast with a bunch of big names and they they try to get people into the theater and 
I must work often enough for them to continue to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mr. Beast was in this. I forgot that. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Donaldson was uh, the uh, Times Square guy. Is his Mr. Beast name his legal actual name? Jimmy Jimmy Donaldson. Wait. His legal name is Jimmy Donaldson. Jimmy Donaldson. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot, a lot of voice talent in this. A lot of celebrity voice talent. Um, I was gonna say, oh. Jake, did you get to see the... Oh, you weren't there for the beginning of the movie, so I guess that answers that. We got the Seth... I came in when they were on the roof. Okay. When they were, like, on we, the roof again. Before the movie yeah. started, half an hour after the advertised uh, start time, <laughs> this is probably the most egregious amount of uh, preview time before a movie actually starts that I've seen in a while. Um, but before the movie started, we got a Seth Rogen thank you video, which... Now that I understand is this was his production or he had a big hand in producing it, it makes a little more sense, but yeah. just out of the blue. It wasn't even like a thank you for coming back to theaters. It wasn't like anything in specific. He's just like, thanks for watching Turtles. Here's your movie. And the movie just starts. Yep. So that that was just a little out of place for me. Um, yeah, it was weird. Like, <laughs> I get like Top Gun Maverick. I kind of get that because that was like something that took a long time to get made, and everyone knew the story of it getting made. And like, it was one of the first big movies to push people back into theaters, and they were really appreciative of that. So, like, I get that. But this movie is just a random summer release in yeah, August Seth, of 2023. Was it me or, like, Seth Rogen, like, sounded, like, tired in this. Like, he, they had to, like, drag him on to the, in front of the camera to have him read this thing. Probably all the producing work he was doing. Yeah, yeah probably. He was, it was right, it was right before the strike. <laughs> he, had to, he had to finish his last little thing before uh, he went on mm-hmm. strike and had to stop doing all, all, uh, you know, promotion for the movie. Yeah. Um, with that, we should probably talk about what happens in the movie. Um, yeah. So spoilers from here on out. Uh, if you want to go see it, spoiler it'll free. Be on, thanks for watching. Yeah, I'm gonna say don't watch it in the theater. Um, unless you're a kid. If you're a kid and you're watching this, uh, how did you get here? But also, yeah, you can go watch it in the theater. Rest of y'all. Yeah. Or if you're not like in super investing, go and see this. You don't need to see it in the theater. Wait till it comes out on Paramount Plus and watch it there because it's undoubtedly going to come out on Paramount Plus. It's got to be one of their flagship oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, offerings in the fall. Um, but with that, the, the movie. Um, first off, big thing. I'm just going to say I'm glad that they didn't do the Shredder again. Um, yeah, breath of fresh yeah. air. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see... Something they, different. They did more um, of a plot from like, um, the live action movie, the first one, mm-hmm. where it's the they kind of where there's the wrong crowd, like the the misguided um, group of their peers, mm-hmm. who's being led by the uh, yeah okay the All right. from from that perspective yes, and they're like oh, um, it's cool people who are like us it's you know. It's tempting. It's the temptation to get away from their boring. Yeah, I, I, f- I felt the story was was pretty 
well executed and it, it had it didn't really explore the depth that it could have like i feel like they they set it up to really be a different movie could have been very introspective and uh you know played heavier on the the moral dilemma between uh you know being accepted and and you know maybe done a little more in the beginning with them being rejected by people so that's like a big choice they have to make uh whether they're going to go along with superfly or not but they didn't they kind of kept it looser which is fine uh it's a short movie they just kind of want to get in and get out for the most part make their tiktok references along the way and for that it works out okay enough um, but yeah, the broad strokes plot is Giancarlo Esposito invents the ooze and uh, is a little bloat fly baby. Uh, but the company he works for comes to get them. And uh, turns out it's not a bloat fly, it's a Carador because it's fucking yeah. <laughs> ripping these people up. Casador, yeah. Casador, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> and he escapes, and then we flash forward, and the turtles are teens. And uh, Superfly is stealing all this tech. As we find out later in the movie, it's to build a, a ray a that's going to mutate. Like X Men One. Yeah, this is this is this is truly like X Men Two. Or X Men Two plot yeah. at the end here. Uh, or well, no, X Men One did have the mutant ray. You're right, but like the kill all the humans. Uh, yeah. The side effect of that is like <laughs> straight from X Men. Do, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the plot. The turtles have to stop them, and obviously they do through the power of friendship and right. the help of New York. With the help of yeah, and um, learning to accept the humans with April O'Neil, um, who is fine. Like there's, there's not a lot to her character. No, there because isn't. She has like a and... one joke that's like, uh, you know, she can't be on TV because she'll she'll puke. Yeah, and like that's like the <laughs> that's the joke, you know. Like, if I was a kid, I that I would probably laugh more at that. Um, because they they really they really fucking milk that scene where she's just mm-hmm. turning her stomach inside out. Um. <laughs> So that's that, yeah. and yeah, like the the plot the plot just happens. Um, there's there's nothing too special. There's a couple things that stood out to me about the um, the script, like little plot little holes, I would call them little plot holes. Um, little little really bits don't matter in the scheme of things. Um, well, none like, of this matters in the scheme no, of things. Truly, no. Um, when they meet the mutants. Like the all the mutants are like, oh yeah. So what's your story? Yeah, you found some ooze in the sewer, and you you know you woke up and you turned into mutants. They're like wow, yeah, that's so relatable. But like all of Superfly's crew were made in the lab, right? They were like Baxter's yeah. homegrown dudes. So none of them actually had that backstory. It didn't happen to any of them. Well, they, the, but they were all mutated by the ooze. I think they knew that that was what they were getting at. Like, and they knew that he had dumped the ooze down there, so like he was able to 
to suss out they were from the ooze. And it's like, oh, my dad made that ooze. We basically cousins. Yeah. <laughs> but in the ice cube way that I can't imitate. <laughs> I can see the I can see the um the sneer, the classic ice cube sneer. Well, he put a he put a fish yeah, he, hook under one side of his mouth. It seemed like he had fun with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ice Cube was having a blast. Ice Cube was definitely like fucking high every day. He showed up to the recording <laughs> studio, just having a good time, shouting half random shit, swearing all the swearing the whole yeah. fucking time. I'm sure they just had the cut around the swears. Oh. I started molly whopping the, the shit out of that. Uh, you can't say that. <laughs> That motherfucker. <laughs> of course, that's not what he, he was used the N-word. <laughs> um, yeah, like, um, I'm glad, I guess I'm glad Jackie Chan's in this movie. <laughs> Jackie Chan did great. Jackie Chan, so I was watching, I had watched recently before this movie, Rush Hour 1 and 2. And one thing I will say is that Jackie Chan's English has improved considerably in the intervening 22 years since rush hour two came out. <laughs> I like the backstory, the back, the backstory that, um, Jackie Chan narrated for us, um, and kind of the, the direction they went with that making him like, a giving him the rat mustache and yeah, uh, I, it, it was, it was wholesome. It's an interesting and I, different I backstory it. too. Yeah. I, I, I like the aspect of like, yeah, no, everybody, it does hate rats, and yeah, what he would have like this weird, from the perspective of a rat that mutated. Yeah, that makes sense. Why would you like the people that try to stomp on you and 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 shoo you away? I mean, hell, New York City elected a rat czar, and they started their extermination efforts like not too long ago. So this is like very timely to come out, where we should we should really rethink mm. our our rat extermination policies. Yeah. Um, Although. Uh, on the other hand, like at New Yorkers in Times Square should not be freaking out in two, you know, essentially what two thousand eight, right? If it was fifteen years before present day, yeah, it's like yeah. two thousand eight. Obama's I found in the out White it was, House. Uh, Ramen can be on the streets. <laughs> yeah, the prejudice. Found out it was uh, Mr. Beast was the one who went up and grabbed his ears. And was like, oh, nice costume. Oh, it's not a costume. It's your face. It's your so what, what we're all saying is that this is all... The near extinction of humanity is all uh, Mr. Beast's fault. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's trying, so the, like, that's dude, why he's trying to make up with it for it all the time. That's why he's like paying for only, everyone's surgeries and only, stuff. Yeah, this only had a budget of $70 million. Is this all funded by Mr. Beast? <laughs> no, Seth Rogen. This week, I funded... A movie. No, it was funded by Pizza Hut. I'm pretty sure like that was one of the big product placements in there. Pizza Hut and Doritos. A lot of Doritos. Yeah. I even remember Pizza Hut in this. Doritos specifically Cool Ranch. Cool. They made a lot. It's the one that everybody likes. Yeah. They were they were very specific about that and said the full product name multiple times in the script. Um Man, being a writer is tough. You gotta include all those product lines, man. <laughs> no, no, you keep on striking. Um, I'm kidding, I'm super kidding. I am, I am for yeah. the strikes. The uh, the monster at the end, the Superfly Beast Worm, was was kind of fucking gross and horrific. 
that was wild. I yeah, that was like Akira levels of like like body horror. Just like you step on a animal and it can conf- it like Mer- melds into your body. Yeah. Um, that was like I was. It was a very very strange direction that they went with that with like the uh, villain to. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was just going to be like an all-out brawl at the end, and somehow they were going to have to take him down with like Master Splinter. Like, nope. But um, yeah. No, it was when everybody turned, and I mean, I saw that coming once. They kind of showed everybody well, felt. It was it was funny because uh, there was a moment in this movie where I turned to Peter and said, "You know, if Sam Raimi directed this movie, the people of New York would start uh, throwing crap <laughs> tools and Junk. and and such at Superfly." And then, sure enough, like five, (laughs) it all started doing it. I was like, "Oh my god, joke, (laughs) Manji." Yeah, tell me, tell me, you understand New Yorkers without telling me you understand New Yorkers? Hey, fuck you! This movie just throwing shit at, yay! Get out of our streets. (laughs) You know, I am sad. Donnie didn't have like a food blog. Should have had a food blog, like a, a yeah. Maybe in the sequel. Maybe in the sequel, they're clearly setting up for God help yeah. us. So yeah, let's talk, yeah. They're setting this all is that a up. Nick, this was Nickelodeon in part, right? Yes, they had. Yeah, Nickelodeon has owned the Turtles for a while, and Nickelodeon also has a uh, pattern of taking movies and using them as a pilot for their TV shows. Well, See, Nickelodeon, uh, comma Jimmy, Nickelodeon is uh their parent company viacom is owned by paramount okay so that's the the connection there (laughs) um but they are it's in it was an interesting move for a different again the story is there's a lot of differences between the classic turtle story and this uh one being at the end uh they get to just go to high school and into you know integrate with the surface world population um so my, I was joking with Kurt, I'm like, so the show that's going to come out of this is going to be like a high school slice of life comedy with almost no ninja action in it. It's just going to be them fucking around in high school. Yeah. A little ninja fight at the end of each episode, something like that. Like Code Lyoko. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm down with that. Yeah. This is... Man. No one who is in the target audience for this movie is old enough to remember what the fuck oh, Code yeah. Lyoko was. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, but I'm surprised that they like reference Attack on Titan. That's what like, I'm saying. That like, is a mature anime. Like that was one I, I'm thinking back at it. Like that's a mature anime. Even even Jujutsu Kaisen can get uh gets a little uh adult. Yeah, but didn't we watch more mature is that one of the draws of anime as a young I mean, kid yeah, is that you can watch the more mature stuff and pass it off to your parents as though it's just cartoon still i don't even know anymore man for a, for a mainstream uh all ages movie to admit that i don't yeah, i don't i mean, i, I think true. i think um, we're it's being read in a little bit too uh too deeply there But yeah, so the, um, I don't know. We we cover a good amount of it. They they meet all the other mutants, and the the plan to like take over the world or destroy the world is like he's collecting all these parts of the yeah. parts of the machine that'll turn all the kill all the humans or turn them into pets and mutate all the animals. Oh, totally flawed plan, by the way. 
um, way to overpopulate the earth, like 101. <laughs> you know how many, like, <laughs> ants? Just ants there? Yeah, are? like, like just I ants. don't think he thought this plan through. Like, are we counting, like, dust mites? Because I am, a, he's a fly, so I am assuming you're so. gonna have like, like 600 billion dust mites all mutated and shit, choking out the life also, of the planet. <laughs> not to mention, you're gonna ruin the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Like, now, just like all you the want. critters that used to like break up the dirt or like tear down leaves or like have uh, some sort of like like parasitic or mutual relationship with another animal are just going to gain intelligence and sentience and be like, I'm a lawyer now. Uh, I'm going to go practice law in like Idaho. (laughs) No, you can't do that. You belong in the, in the rainforest. Zootopia world. Yeah. If this was a prequel to like a fucked up Zootopia, I'm for it. No, this never mind. No, secretly, this is the same idea. He should have, Donnie should have saved the day by talking uh, super fly out of it like you talk down the master in fallout one <laughs> he's like how are you gonna have kids how are you gonna have kids super fly yeah. you're all you're all mutants you're all sterile Ain't yeah well we don't know if knows, they're mutants yeah, or sterile could, could be very virile just because super mutants are sterile doesn't mean that they're yeah they, they should have touched upon that the sterility <laughs> do they have dicks they never mentioned if they have dicks well, apparently, fucking one of the grosser mutants and Splinter <laughs> fucking get it oh, on. Oh yeah, Splinter's giving her the splint. <laughs> they, I was, we were joking. I was, I. They should have made this joke. I wish they did, because um, the whole idea of the turtles in this is also like the the first generation uh, or second generation immigrant kind of experience where you're the the son of an immigrant. Um, so you kind of caught between those two cultures and they should have yeah. make a joke about like, you know, where like splinters chiding the kids, like you don't speak, uh, uh, mutant at home. We know it's like, you never taught us dad. How are we going <laughs> to learn the language if we can't speak it at home? Yeah. But that, that was, that was strange. Um, yeah. Interesting choice. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about this. I personally wouldn't recommend it unless you're like a super diehard Turtles fan. And even then, I don't know that this will be your favorite adaptation, but uh, if you're a completionist in that regard, uh, go for it. Otherwise, if you want a more traditional Turtle story, I recommend highly the 2007 TMNT movie, which, uh, uh, was also, uh, 3D animated, similar to this one. Uh, I believe for a while that was the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Yeah. Um, I believe that sentence been usurped by something. Something we covered on the show, but I can't remember what at, at the moment. Something. Um, uh, but anyway. Speaking of our I think show, that's... So, uh, I will also highlight, go back and watch our reviews of the original live action Turtles movies. Um, they Did, did make... we do... The first one? I think just the first one. No, we did no, we did Secret of the Ooze, because I remember right. very clearly the SOU debate. <laughs> that's where that's where it all came out. And they Which did wasn't the... much of a debate. You just said SOU and I very incredulously repeated it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh they did throw the vanilla ice song in there. 
Yes, uh, I will give them props for for putting the ninja rap in there. All movies are are better for having the ninja rap in there. So watch watch our review of the other movie instead of watching this movie. Um, Yeah, it'll come out on on TV, and we'll get another generation of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to follow up the series that uh, had already been going on. Yeah, very recently. The 2012 series, which uh, I guess that is old. It's a it's over a decade old. At this but it point. it ran for a while too. Like I saw advertisements for it when I was in Amsterdam, which was just a year or two ago. Hmm. Yeah. It's and that had a big impact. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Obviously, they... there were advertisements for it in Amsterdam. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I guess they're both too big. The franchises are too big. But I'm surprised we never had like a Spider-Man Turtles crossover. Um, maybe we did. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe, maybe somewhere down the line. But you know there's what? Did you know the Power Rangers did a crossover with the Turtles? Yeah, it was in a season of the show we, that we reviewed. We watched it. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was an. It was animated. It was live action. No, it was it was like two episodes of Power Rangers in space. Oh, yeah. I remember with, with those older ones. Yeah, because uh, it had so, Venus in it, which is the forgotten turtle. Yeah, I, I remember what those ones, yeah. Um, yes, I remember that turtle. No, there was something else. Yeah. I'm Probably a comic book. It, it was. A, I think it's yeah. a comic, because I'm, 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 I'm thinking about the TikTok that I saw, and it was all comic yeah. panels. And, and so, yes, yeah, Spider-Man um, versus TMNT is a thing, um, because TMNT is so prolific and has crossed over with every franchise in existence see also looney tunes versus teenage mutant ninja turtles batman versus tmnt um probably predator versus tmnt Um, they've been around a while and they've been very popular for that time period so godzilla Uh, they're everywhere godzilla versus tmnt where they, doesn't seem fair i think the i think the power rangers got turned into the dinosaurs the that they they are and I think the turtles got the ranger powers. They like swapped. That was the whole thing of it. Interesting. It's a pretty cool concept. The art, the art was dope because there was like a turtle zord. It'll probably be included with my anniversary anthology, which hopefully will ship out sometime this year because it's it's been a while since they've asked me to put my shipping information in. I've been billed for shipping. Of a product I've yet to receive. Gotta love it. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, no, that turtle Megazord looks dope as hell. Oh hell yeah! Yes. You kind of did. I'm I'm putting it in the chat. Um. Yeah, that's actually the takeaway as we close out tonight. Uh, go look up the turtle Megazord and look how fucking cool it is. Yeah, that's like fucking almost as badass as the Shogun Megazord. That's 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 literally the ten times cooler. Than the regular uh, Mighty Morphin Megazord. Yep. All right. Well, we. Hell yeah. Uh, Bandai, give, give us the to- Mattel Bandai, give us the toy of that, please. Thank All you. right. And until episode two eighty one, that's going to be a wrap for the Seven Sons podcast. Uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety five. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>